Tottenham, stick it in the goal Come on Tottenham, the pace are bloody slow You are the first team, the last team my dreams have ever seen Put on that lily white and run on to that green White Hart Lane has seen its pain, it's had its loads of nights We fought our team through thick and thin and all those glory nights And when the game is done we'll sing a song and talk it out all night Hey, Come on Tottenham, stick it in the goal Come on Tottenham, don't be so bloody slow You are the first team, the last team Hi, it's episode 14, season 5 of the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast. My name's Jav. Joining me this week, host of the first time, long time podcast, Aaron Wolf from Boston. Hello. And back again, Gilly from Italy. Hello. Now, um, we were just discussing this off air, Aaron. The last time that um, that we played Chelsea, um, we had a we, we beat them 3-1. And you happen to be on the pod on that occasion as well. So are you... Officially, Spurs is lucky charm. <laughs> yes, I am. It, it has been uh, enshrined in in Tottenham Hotspur uh, lore. I have a plaque at the lane, at the new lane. The stadium will be there. It'll say Aaron Wolf, responsible for every victory over Chelsea from here until eternity. You, you do realise whether you, whether you, whether you like it or not, you've already guaranteed you've booked your place on the pods the, 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 the next time we play play Chelsea. Um, it doesn't matter what you're doing or, or whether there's a family crisis or you're busy sure. with work. You've just got to drop everything just just and be there just to guarantee that we that we beat Chelsea again. Um, it's a deal. Yeah, similar. Deal. As long as you, as long as you don't have me on any more. Uh, dismal nil-nil draws I'm happy to do whatever you want we'll see what we can do right <laughs> um, let's go straight into a question um, our own John Steggles um, his Twitter handle is at JWSteggles he says was that a complete team performance missing three defenders and Dembele and Wanyama yet the best performance of the season how much more can Super Poch do who wants to start Gilly go for it well I mean, it's a, he's doing amazing things, isn't he? I mean, it's been said on the on the pod a, a few times, you know, with so many injuries and World Cup fatigue and all sorts of other things. I was intrigued that Pochettino didn't think it was necessarily the best team performance, and I was racking my brains to see uh, which one he thought might have been better this season. Maybe, maybe second half at Man United. Um, yeah. I don't know what more he can do, really. You know, and maybe, I mean, I don't know. I've not been of this mind uh, at the start of the season. I did. I was one of those who did feel that we needed to buy two or three players. But maybe now players are coming back. Everyone's getting settled. Everyone's getting strong. You know, at this time of the season, we do tend to look a bit faster and a bit fitter and a bit stronger and go on a real run. Maybe the, we're now seeing the benefits of of a settled a settled team and philosophy you know it's hard to say isn't it is that hindsight's a wonderful thing and perhaps also the benefits of players finally getting over um a long summer being you know however many of our players were involved involved in the world in the, in the world cup we've seen quite a few um muscle injuries that, that, that a few players have, have yeah. um, sustained. I think the only ones who haven't haven't had any muscle, muscle injuries so far have been out of their old um, Kane and I think Son. Um, but uh, yeah, everybody seems to be a lot fresher um, and uh, it was it was a 
high energy performance yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was absolutely just that return to the to the Spurs of a few years ago, where that relentless high press, uh, but with a, 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 a high press with an absolute. Um, Sort of de- degree of excellence, right? It wasn't a, it wasn't a random pressing. It was coordinated. That hunting and packs. It was absolutely one of my favorite games that I can think in the past year or even two that I can think of. That just it was so complete a performance. And just going to his to to John Stegels's question, the 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 team performance aspect of it. You know, I measure our performances. By the way, we our, our our players tend to just be popping up in in, in places, interchanging, uh, covering for each other, picking up slack where others are 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 leaving it. And I actually went back and watched the first twenty minutes of the game because I realized about midway through the second half, I hadn't really noticed Eric Dyer. I hadn't really noticed what he was doing. He was sort of very quietly going about his business on the pitch and. I thought well, he's, he's having one of those games. Either he's having an amazing game and I haven't noticed it, or he's having just a, a an, an anonymous game and and it's fine because everybody else is picking up the slack. When I went back and watched the first twenty minutes of the game, which I, I suggest you do, because yeah. it is he is so he is so fundamental to what is happening. He's dropping back and being the third defender when we need him. He's mm-hmm. all over the place. He's off the ball. He's taking hazard out of the play completely. It was wonderful to watch and it's that kind of performance when we are when we are playing like that when players off the ball are playing to that level of excellence i i don't i mean maybe man city is better maybe but there i don't think there's anybody else in the league right now that's 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 better it was it was thrilling for me it, it's um interesting you should mention them because I, I was thinking exactly the, the same thing i was i was going through the the eleven that started, um, and by and large, there were some good performance, performances, some fantastic performances for a few individuals. You couldn't really p- pick any weak links. Um, and then I thought, Dyer, what, what, what did he do? I couldn't, I couldn't remember any that he did anything outstanding. I couldn't remember him p- putting a foot wrong either. And 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 I and I, I was, I haven't watched. I've I've seen the, um, uh, other than in real time, I've seen the. Um, some of the goals since then, but I, ha- I haven't watched enough of the play um, since, like, like a 20-minute replay like you have. So I was just going back on memory, and I was, I was thinking, I was thinking, and yeah, I, I remember him dropping back, um, which he does re- really well, um, and and that splitting the centre-backs and, and, and uh, back four becoming a back three and the full-backs pushing on, but I, I couldn't recall him doing much else, but then... That's, I suppose, Dyer at his best. He can be quite yeah. unassuming and and just get on with things. Let, let's let's look at the the the, the lineup one to eleven. So um, Hugo didn't have a great deal to do. I think he there was a few occasions where he was quick off his line. He came out for for some crosses. Um, he made a fantastic save from Hazard second half. A lot of that you could argue was bread and butter stuff, but he still has to do it. Um, mm-hmm. The uh, Centre backs, um, Foyth again, I think was superb. Uh, Alderweireld too. Um, ben, I think he had a few moments where it looked a little bit scary. I, I don't think he's completely at his best this season. But then I, there were other points, second half, where going forward he was really good. Um, player that really stood out for me yesterday. Well, one of the one of the players that stood out for me was Uria. I'm not his biggest fan, but I, I thought he was superb. 
Yeah, when Oria is is playing with uh, Sissoko, I think the two of them play very well together. They have a nice understanding, and but even 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 in the moments where he was playing, picking up sort of more of that trippier role, doing less of the running at the defense and and putting in crosses, he put in a couple of spectacular crosses in the first ten minutes of the game, and 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 uh, was absolutely fundamental to sort of shredding the Chelsea defense. At the outset, which basically set the tone for the rest of the game, um, just coming back to Foyth for for a moment. Um, not only did he have a, a really excellent game, but I mean, he he basically he fouled, he got away with a penalty in the box, but more importantly, then didn't lose his head and just kept kept taking risks, kept playing on the edge, and uh, had a spec- great game. What really great game? I know this this sounds terribly cliched, um, because it is, but there's a maturity um, beyond his years about him. Um, yeah. He, he just really looks... He doesn't look like a whatever 20, 21-year-old 20, player, you know, he, he or someone who's, who's had very limited first-team experience. Um, and, and, you know, I, I credit, I'll credit uh, Toby and I'll credit Eric Dyer for that, because the two of them, at least on the television broadcast, you can... Dyer was constantly talking, constantly organizing, uh, and and I, I have just have to imagine that Toby's presence—he's so, so assured in the defense. Um, his presence has to just give confidence to a guy like Foyt, who's uh, absolutely playing beyond his years. Well, I think I mean, I think certainly central midfield. Yes, he Dyer. I thought he played very well for England against Croatia as well. Put some crunching tackles in, stopping things at source. Sissoko again yesterday as well. So that there's there's quite a bit of cover for them now, whereas we've had a few problems in the central midfield. I thought, you know, that made their, their life a lot easier. I think Zoe Pearson on 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 the Twitter was saying uh, on the page on the on the Facebook on sorry, on the Twitter page, was saying how difficult it would be to have a man of the match and I just thought everyone you know, I was trying to think who was a man of the match and I gave up, just thought everyone was just excellent. I thought Uriah and Sissoko, they're so more decisive now. You know, and that comes with confidence. Maybe recognizing their part in the in the system when they when they kick the ball. You know, they're much less hesitant than they have been at other times. I, you know, I'm not a fan of Oriat at all, but you know, he's playing really well the last uh, few weeks. And Sissoko's just, you know, just terrific by any measure at the moment. A, a while back, it was well, he's doing really well by his Spurs standards, and now he's just playing really well. You know, mm-hmm. and I think that's really helped help Foyth and. Um, uh, Adivereld as well. Well, the whole the whole defense really. So it was just it was excellent from start to finish. That's a really important point, though. That that the that the the two sort of defensive lying midfielders, if you call them that, right? Sissoko and Dyer. What they what they allow, what the pressure that they absorb for our back four, who then absorb pressure for for Lloris, right? And all of them playing at the level that they're playing at, it's all in, it's all, uh, it's a a massive interaction. And if any of them are off the boil, then, then we start to look, we start to look fragile. But there was, I mean, a few shaky Davies moments, but like, other than those few, I can't really think of a time where it was a defensive mistake that led to anything. We we recovered quickly. You know, William's dangerous, you know, he's a And you know, so to be fair to Davis, no, they, yeah, so, so, so I mean, I again, he, he just bossed that midfield yesterday. Um, he, he was he was superb, he was he was everywhere, and 
um, he offers something different to you know the likes of Dembele and 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 Winks, who who are good at controlling the game, dictating the tempo. Um, his his great strengths are bringing the ball forward and 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 being that transition from from defence to attack. Um, and whilst it's you know his things like his touch or his final ball have have, have often been criticised by our by our fans and and justification for that criticism um the moment he's playing with confidence and uh and he's, he's doing exactly that he's, he's he's breaking things up he's he's picking the ball up he's using his strength and and he's he's getting it taking it forward and uh, he might not have a killer pass in him but he can he can certainly set things off and, and get the ball quickly to other players who you know the likes of ericsson delhi etc who can who can make things happen and he's so strong in the way that Dembele was strong on the ball. And, he, and that's a, a confidence thing. He's getting better at that. But just the carrying the ball and, and you know, evading tackles and just – it's he's become a real uh, highlight for me in, on the, in the team. I, I like an underdog story in general. So to watch this guy kind of come come out, of, out from the wilderness a little bit um, – but uh, yeah, he's he's there's a there's a a, a a guy on Twitter, Sneers Morgut, uh, who who he tweeted. He's trying to think of other players that have had similar coming in from the cold, high farce to essential cult players as Sissoko. And I think it's it's really true. He went. He's gone from zero to hero. In there have been others that have gone from zero to hero, but he's done it very 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 quickly in the in the in the past few months and i hope it continues i think we're lucky to have him in the last couple of years i mean he's played a lot and we've all moaned all of us myself included but look at the injuries we've had in the last 18 months in central midfield he's played a lot because he's been pretty much the only man standing a lot of the time you know so but this year he's really i mean he's just playing so well the last few years just 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 playing well it's just brilliant it is one of the pleasures of the season so far his uh his breakthrough—it's just fantastic. Absolutely. I mean, I, mean, I, I always at various points in the, in the podcast. I'm sure at some point this year there'll, there'll be a question, maybe as as the season draw, draws to an end, about most improved player. Um, often that that question sometimes is asked at the beginning of a pod. Somebody will ask us, "Who, who do we think who's, who's going to be the breakthrough player?" Mm. A few years ago, it, it might have been someone like um, Davis, who had uh, excelled himself. Um, uh, trip here possibly Winks. as well. Winks. This season, though, there's quite a few. You've got Sissoko. You've got the resurgence of Lamella once again after his long, um, long injury layoff. Uh, you've got Foyth too as well. Um, so it's it's really encouraging to see each of them different. You know, Lamella was obviously an established player, but he's had his problems with with with, with injuries. Sissoko was his much maligned figure, and and Foyth was was a young player who had barely featured for us certainly hadn't played any premier league games so but if somebody if somebody forced you to make a bet at the beginning of the season you wouldn't have put it on sissoko a million times you would never do it right it's such a surprise and absolutely it's i mean i don't think you would have put it on any one of those three players well <laughs> well lamella yeah but certainly Foyth and sissoko if you had to push me the start of the season i would have probably said Foyth because he's a young player and he's got potential sissoko if if I had said that, I'm sure the men in the white coats would have come and taken me away. Um, so. You've no worries about putting Foyth in now, you know. No, you know if if people are missing, play Foyth. And yet, just a short few weeks ago, when the 
of a Tongan went out, we're we're starting to get really worried. We're thinking, oh, we've, we're one injury away from really struggling at the back. We've still got Davison, you know, who's mm-hmm. not to be forgotten. Absolutely, Just fantastic. There is the really a strength and depth depth yeah. there, contrary to what anybody yeah. and and uh, a lot of our own fans say. I think that we do have a, a lot of quality. Um, Sissoko also let, let's not forget second half um, when Sun put him through. Um, and for a minute, I thought, oh, he's going to shoot. He's going to shoot it in, into Rose Ed. But he, he cut it back beautifully for Kane, who, in fairness, Kane should have. That, that's, that was a bread and butter opportunity. Terrible for Kane. miss. Incredible, almost. Um, yeah. Okay, other than obviously Soko and uh, Dyer, we mentioned, um, Kane, I thought, had a, apart from his miss, obviously, he, yeah. he scored a goal. He, he, he played well. Um, Ericsson yeah. instrumental. Just a moment. Just a moment on Kane. I, I just want to say, this guy is one of the most sublime passers of the ball I think I have ever seen. He had a couple of passes in the first half that took my breath away. They were absolutely astonishing. And we say it that like we run out of superlatives for him all the time. But the one that I feel like. I, I will never run out of is just being able to talk about his passing. It is so incredible. He's such a complete ball player. It's 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 it's, it's, it's I, I, now I've run out of words. He, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> he, he does he does that thing where he, he sort of just drops back. He can turn, and then he he looks up and he can assess the play. And but very quickly he he will pick he will pick the pass. He will pick the the right option. And then he'll execute it, and and the ball is yeah. always inch perfect. So that there were, I remember last season there, there were two. I'm sure there were countless examples of it, but there were two instances that, that um, stick in my mind. One was against Swansea away from home back in January, when he picked out Delhi for his second goal, and that was a beautiful pass. Yes, Kane had come off the bench, and there was another one. I think it was at Wembley against Huddersfield, where he just laid it on for Sonny. Oh, the um, cross from out wide. To yeah. The that's the one. Yeah. The run. Yeah. Perfection. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the one, well, like at six minutes in or something like that, he 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 had a beautiful crossfield pass to Sonny, who who all, almost went all the way and and with it. I mean, it was one of the. It was almost a almost a mirror image to his to his uh, running behind that that led to the goal. But it was just from a impossible angle pass from from Kane. Ugh, the guy. I love him. What can I say? I love him. I mean, <laughs> I'm not get, afraid to admit it. <laughs> yeah, me too. He, I mean, he doesn't get the credit he deserves for his goal scoring. People always want to pour cold water on it, let alone the chances of people recognising just what a wonderful all-round footballer he is. You know, so well that's their loss, isn't it? I mean, yeah. Every time he kick, well, you know, they'll just keep scoring against you, whether you whether you think rate him or not. Um, I think Ericsson, by the way, and, and Delhi, obviously the, the inclusion of those two players, they've had a few injuries recently. Um, but uh, you know, once if they're fully if they're fully fit, you, you expect them to, to start. And both of them were, were, were superb. Delhi, very clever um, in terms of his link-up play, in terms of finding the space and creating it for for others, um, drawing defenders in. Ericsson just makes us tick every time he plays. Um, Particularly in these big matches, I don't think there is a player within the squads that can that can do what he does. Perhaps Lamella, but I, I, you know, I think he's the, actually the one player. When I look at injuries and, and and strength and depth, I think he's the one player that when when we when he isn't there, we do miss him. Um, and I thought he was superb again yesterday, pulling the strings. 
I think Delhi. I mean, Delhi since he came back from injury a few weeks ago, I think he's really played very well uh, ever since. You know, I think he's sort of had, he seems much more again with his running. He's just fantastic runner with the ball. You know, it goes just sort of glides past people. I th- I thought he was superb yesterday. I don't think there are many playmakers you know who make teams tick in Europe. You know, like Ericsson. There are some, but I think if you look at most teams, they might have one. You know, some of the top teams. But there aren't very many, so it's no surprise we miss that when he when he's not there. He'd be a very hard man to replace, I think, this sort of game. And I think, you know, that's the thing with Pochettino's always saying about, you know, and I'm as guilty as anyone where we're obsessed with formations. Are we playing four two three one? Are we playing four three three? As as we said earlier, the movement of the um of Kane, the front three, and then Delhi and Ericsson coming into midfield, swapping wings and everything, it's very hard to say when we go when we're at at our best what formation we're playing because it's you know it's just about the players and the movement it's just the movement yesterday was just astonishing and they couldn't this is a good side we played against and they just couldn't live with it they didn't know where players were you know it's incredible isn't it? so I think Eric's going to be very hard you know to, to replace I think because he does just he's one of those players he just keeps things moving and, they, and they, I think again you know without waffling on too much again you know they all know each other's games inside out you know those four those those three behind him now and Kane and it's just it's just incredible you know it's such a well-coached side I think that's really the key there right is the the attacking four are that that's the attacking four that has done it for us so many times and they know each other so well. I mean, you could substitute Sun for Lamella for a couple of seasons ago, and you'd, you'd have the same sort of interchanging and kind of preternatural, instinctual knowledge of where the other is going to be on the pitch at all times. And the four of them play so well together. But, you know, speaking of, of formations, it did seem, though, that it wasn't – they didn't play the way that they often play together. It didn't wasn't quite that – three behind the one it was there were times when it when it was Kane alongside Sun and other times it were Kane was deep and it was Sun and Ali or everybody was just popping up all over the place and it it was very clear that when it when we were in the attacking phase the four of them just ran the show and wherever they needed to be whatever they needed to do the rest of the team just just supported the four of them and it was yeah it was great and that's how it should be. I think yeah. often we, we we get caught up in in, in, in formations, and um, particularly in, in that final third, um, you want players to be fluid to, to interchange, um, and uh, we, we they, they did exactly that. Um, the other player I haven't mentioned, or we have a little bit, but Sonny. How how good was it to have Sonny back at his very best? Because he's he's, you know, he was involved in the World Cup, and then he then he went off um, in the in the Asian Games, and and then he, you know he came back back triumphant, not having to do his national service, but he's he's looked jaded. He hasn't looked the the player of that we know he is. Um, and and yesterday, I don't know whether it was just the fact that he wasn't involved in in um, the international games that. South Korea had played um, uh, recently during the international break. That was a pre-existing agreement Spurs had with, with South Korea. Um, and whether that rest helped him, it must have, because he, he was superb, um, absolutely superb. And as for his goal, um, we had two questions on, on this. Um, Kent Goodrich, his Twitter handle is at Kent Goodrich. He says, Son, goal of the season, surely, so far at least. And then also John Steggles was Sonny's goal, goal of the season. I can't 
think of one that felt better. They're hard to say. I mean, I'm trying yeah. to rack my brains whether there's a one that was better. I really like Kane against Barcelona when um, Lamella made the breakthrough and then he cut in. And but you know, it's all they're all fantastic. But yeah, I mean, probably is. I mean, it was just superb. Maybe that's the only one I can think of that might touch it. But you know, I can't can't remember all the goals we've scored. <laughs> I mean, he was. He, he. What I liked about it yesterday was he was popping up um, in all the right places. He had a handful of chances to, to get a few more for us. Um, I think there was at least a couple, if not more, that that he, that um, he missed or, 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 or forced their goalkeeper to make a save. Um, so you know he was, he was doing doing all the right things. And then his his goal. I mean, it was the best of Sonny. It was an extra uh, demonstration of, of his pace. Um, and and then the finish. I, I did either of you think that he would just run out of space, and um, you know even if even if he managed to cut in, he just wouldn't get a sh- wouldn't get a shot in. And and I, I I watching it, I just thought, come on, come on, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep. On. But he's not going to do it. He's not going to do it. And then he amazes me, and he and he scores a fantastic goal. The joys of being two-footed. You know, I think, um, I mean, Luis was awful what, what he did, but, you know, he didn't know whether he was going to go down the line or cut in, you know, because he can do both. I, it happened too fast for Luis. It happened a bit too fast for me. I can't, I don't think I thought about whether he was going to run out of space. But, um, yeah, it was just wonderful. He's in such full flight. It's just brilliant. brilliant. It, it was, it was the, it was the pace, but then also the, the elegance of pulling back the pace, right? He, like, at the start of the move, he he bursts forward and then he slows down, sort of tantalizingly slow, and then just erupted out from the blocks. It it was, yeah, it was uh, it was poetry. I thought for a moment, I thought for a moment he was going to run out of space. I thought for a moment it was going to be one of those uh, sunny games, right, where we just he keeps gets getting so close. But then, as soon as he pulled it back. Around Louise, I thought ah, that's it. It's over. This is a goal because it, it just—you just knew it. You just knew, you knew that he was at the height of his powers uh, again. I think in the past he would have kept going to the, you know, run out of space and pegged it off of the the keeper's knees or something. But this this that was him. This is him at his best, and it's wonderful to see again. Um, final thing, thing on Ch- Chelsea, and just coming back full circle to John's question when he when he asked whether it was a complete team performance um, and how much more Pochettino can do. Um, yeah, it was a complete perform team performance, but it's amazing to think that this this was a Chelsea team that had been un- undefeated this season, that um, you know had, were above us in the table. That let's face it, are a good side. But yesterday we made them look poor. Um, and they they weren't great. I think that I, I looked at that, and my first thought was they are not title cont- cont- contenders. I know it's only one game, but I just I, I thought they were poor. But I, but but that's testament to us, and particularly to Pochettino um, for for just being so tactically astute and getting the best um, out of the players, as, as well as you know countering Sarri's system. Um, credit to Pochettino. Well, these things don't happen by accident. When Jorginho got the ball, he was swamped. You know, we didn't let them play. They like to play out from the back. Jorginho's this metronome everyone's been going mad about. And quite rightly, I mean, you give him time and space, he's a wonderful footballer. But I give us the credit, you know. 
it annoys me a bit when, uh, <laughs> you know, when as I've read uh, on some places that oh Chelsea were poor, Chelsea didn't turn up. Well, you know, there's always two teams, as we said, as we said last time I was on, and I think we knew where to stop them playing, and we did it. And then when we played, they had no answer to us. You know, maybe they just thought they were, they were going to be just turn up and beat us. Who knows? I wouldn't have thought so. I think we've given them enough cause for to respect us over the last few seasons. But yeah, I think you're right. I think Pochettino, he looked at what they do, and Jorginho's the 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 key in that in that their build up, and and we destroyed him. He had a, you know, did nothing. I mean, absolutely destroyed a really good player. He is a good player, and they are a good team. You know, it re- it reminded me. Sorry, go ahead. No, that's it. I was just going to say how good we were. <laughs> it, it reminded me a lot of the 4-1 against Liverpool last year, where they weren't at their best, but that's not really the story. The story is we were expressing ourselves. We took advantage of their weaknesses. We, we identified their weaknesses early on and just pummeled them. And they are a good team, and they will... They, they, they will uh, very likely be title contenders because they're Chelsea and they have a unlimited coffers and um, and Saris clearly has a has a has a system. But uh, this was yeah I don't think this is a fluke. This is a team coming into its own, uh, coming into fitness finally. Everybody playing at the height of their abilities um, and Pochettino's Pochettino's uh, strategy just playing out beautifully. I mean, we've got the early goal, didn't we? That's that's always key. We like against Liverpool last year. Yep. We got the early goal. You get the early goal, and then you know the icing on the cake is you get a second one, which we did also against Liverpool. And then you're in complete control. And when you're a team as good as us, you know it's going to be very difficult for them. But you have to score. That's that's the thing, you know. And we did it. If we hadn't scored for 20, 30 minutes, then maybe they'd have come back into it. But that's another game for another day, isn't it? But. Uh, uh, reminded me a lot of that Liverpool, of that Liverpool game, and partly the Man City one a couple of years before. We're seeing Son, people, and even Ben Davis in the second half running right up to their goalkeeper as he was kicking it out, um, which was a feature of that two 0 when we beat City. And Ben mm-hmm. Davis and Sonny were both doing that yesterday. And that the intent that that shows, and everyone does it as a team. And I think that's the thing, you know, everyone does it as a team. Even all that movement that we have up front. This is coached, you know. It's not like completely off the cuff stuff, you know, on the beach in in Brazil or something. This is they all know what they're doing, patterns and different things, you know, which are way but way beyond my understanding. But you know, you can see that it's they're not just sort of making their own minds up. Well, but they have they have the tools to do that. But Pochettino helps them have the tools to do that, and it's all within a, you know, all within a in a in a complete system, really. You know, Al- Alistair, what's his name? The Alistair Gold. Gold. Yeah, he had a great interview with Jesus Perez um, in in the in the build up to the to this game, where they just just where he sort of talked about the level of preparation and in game adjustments that they're making and the and the the metrics that they're the, all of the metrics that they're keeping track of. Uh, what we see and what what even the smartest amongst us think we. We know it's just pales in comparison to the level of preparation that these guys have and the level of attention to detail. It it's really well worth a read if you haven't read it yet. Where, where is that? I can find that on Twitter, can't I? Yeah, Football London. 
Alistair Gold has it's uh came out two days ago yesterday. I don't yeah, know. a couple of days ago. Yeah, it's good, it's good, uh, good, good read. Jav, how how was the? I mean, on this on the television, the um the atmosphere seemed great. How 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 is it? What's the Wembley report in these you know dying embers of of the Wembley yeah. days? Yeah. Um, it was good. The atmosphere was good overall, as good as it can be at Wembley. Um, the attendance was a lot lower than expected. We've got a, little, a question on that a little bit later on in the running order, um, which I'll, I'll address or might have a rant about. Um, but uh, yeah, it was good. The atmosphere was good. Um, where I was sat, it wasn't great because there was lots of empty seats near me and people weren't joining in um, in, in, in any other chants or, or, or singing. So it, I'm just sat, I was just sat there, this lone voice just singing, <laughs> Oh, when the Spurs... Um, so that was a bit weird, but overall, in the places where um, where it was a little bit more <clears throat> densely populated, and people were singing, and, and the atmosphere was, was good, which yeah, we we need that. We've got these, you know, we've got a handful of games still. I think four or five still um, this calendar year, at least. At least, yeah, and we need to we need to get over the line and and just give the. the team support and I know that's not easy just one final thing on on, on Chelsea um, interesting you mentioned the Liverpool game and I, I had the very same thought Aaron during the during the match yesterday now I don't know what, what the statistics were overall but I know with the Liverpool game when we beat them 4-1 they had more possession which at the time I was surprised but that's that's what it was and yesterday I don't know the overall figure but I know that at half time Chelsea had more more possession and it just goes to show that you know you can have possession is important. I, I'm a firm believer in, in 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 that, and you know possession being nine tenths of the law, etc. But it's also what you do with the ball. And when Chelsea had the ball, they were not creative in the final third, and we didn't allow them to be. And we 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 hit hit them on the break. And when when we had the ball in those dangerous areas, we made full full use of it. So uh, yeah, Chelsea had sixty percent of the ball. Okay. The Interesting, yeah. yeah. Um, right, just very briefly, we've got Arsenal next. So we've, we've moved third, third into the table. We've got Arsenal a week today um, at the Emirates. We have yet to beat them at the Emirates under Pochettino. We've had a few draws there. Um, a record generally over the last however many years, um, well, since the Emirates um, was opened in 2006. I think we've only won once there <coughs> when Redknapp was manager. Um we haven't got a great great record. This is a team in transition um, under Emery. Can we get a result? Yes, obviously. And I think I think we win. Okay, Gilly. It's about time, isn't it? Last year was so disappointing. We went there fully expecting. I mean, really expecting to win. I think, and we just. I mean, they you know they run all over us really, so that was so disappointing. We, yeah, we have to win there at some stage soon. So I'm really looking to. Uh, I don't know how they they were they were winning. I don't know if they finally won today. Arsenal, yeah, yeah, they won today. They won. Two yeah. one. Was it yeah. finished two one? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, they they look. Uh, I mean, one of my well, my best friend is a is an Arsenal fan, and he he's he's sort of he's hopeful with uh, with Emery, but he's still sees them as very wide open in in, uh, in defence and midfield 
but um, you know they're only three points behind us. They've been getting getting the results as well. Yeah. But uh, it's about time, isn't it? Yeah, I I fancy us. I I, I think we'll, we'll we'll win. Although I don't think a draw would a draw would be necessarily the end end end, yeah. end of the world. But um, uh, yeah. Um, Okay, before we do a few more questions, so there's no Spurs ladies update this week because um, they weren't in action, so Bex will be back next week with an update on the ladies. Um, we've got Inter Milan in the middle of the week. Um, it's a do-or-die, well, for us, it's a do-or-die Champions League game. We need to win in order to still have any hope of qualifying um, and take it to the final game against Barcelona. Um, very briefly, guys, how do you see that one? Um, Gilly, if I come to you first, um, as our... Residents um, in Italy, um, how have Inter been doing? Well, they're doing well. They're they're a third, a point behind Naples, who uh, Napoli, who drew today. But you know, nine behind the Juve juggernaut that that is in Italy. But I think you know, as a keen watcher of Serie A, I think you know Spalletti's got to take a lot of credit. That you know, for the first time in a long time, they look a proper team at, at the moment. Um, after they beat us, you know, they, they'd had a sticky start to the season. They lost a couple of games early on. And, that. and then they went on a nine game. They won every single game. Um, I think nine, for me, nine Galen's the, the key. They're sort of a bit like England, a bit like lots of teams where they lack that um, that sort of, as we were talking earlier, that Ericsson uh, playmaker. They lack a bit of creativity in midfield, but he gives them power, he gives them pace, he gives them energy, and he gives them belief, nine Galen. You know, he sort of drags them up by their... Uh, by their bootstraps sometimes and they've got the very 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 dangerous Icardi up front and he gets near them and that helped them to overcome that sort of lack of creativity last night they um they beat Frosinone 3-0 it's a perfect game for them you know Frosinone a second bottom they rested quite a few players Icardi didn't play um Jean Mario didn't play Miranda didn't play Perisic didn't play you know um Icardi came on towards the end they got 70 minutes in for Nyngolan which is, you know, really good for them. Um, so they're going to be very, very dangerous, I think. And Spalletti's not the sort of manager who, well, traditionally in his career, he doesn't park the bus. They're going to look to be positive, I think, um, when they can be. They get a lot of width from the wing, from uh, Perisic and this Politano who's come on loan from Sassuolo this season, a good young player. Um, the full-backs as well. The, um, the Croatian, they've got three. They've got Brozovic, Perisic and that Versalco, the right-back got injured at Wembley he wasn't on the even on the bench yesterday and neither was Brozovic I don't know whether that means they're injured or, or uh, they're just being rested but I think they're they're very well rested and they'll be very well prepared Spalletti's being very uh he's been very um bullish about it that we're going to have to raise our game to uh to beat them but I uh, I you know we are I thought there I mean I don't want to go all over it again because it's very painful but we, uh, you know, we really blew it over there. We are a better team than them. If we play something like yesterday, we, we should win comfortably, as long as we don't start bashing the balls over the bar again like yesterday, and we get we get the goals. But they're they're a good side. They are a good side. They're a lot more solid defensively than they have been for a while. They've only let in ten goals, I think, so far in thirteen or fourteen games. Yeah, they're do they're doing well. They are they, doing well. They but, sound like yeah. a. Sorry, they sound like a, as I just said, they, from what you're saying, they sound like a resilient outfit, and like any Italian team, um, probably tactically astute and and difficult to difficult to uh, to break down and, and and know how to defend. Um, but with all that in mind, 
they're playing against an informed Spurs team. Can we get a result? I think we should beat them. I think we should have beaten them there, you know. <laughs> but you've got to score, haven't you, when you're on top? Hmm. Yeah. Well, of course we can beat them. We, we're a better side than they are. Impro- fast improving as they are, we, we are a better side. But you've got to prove it, haven't you? Like yesterday, you know, Delhi, Kane, Sonny, bashing the ball over the bar. You've got to put it in the net. Like we should have over there. Yeah. I think we're going to go to Barcelona and, and get something. I don't know. I think we might even well win them, Barcelona. I think if we keep playing, if we keep this form together, I think we look, we just look tremendous. I'm, I'm probably getting carried away now. But, um... we, we, we look well on, on on current on current form. We do we do look we do look um, formidable, and it's, it's built it's been building building up slowly, slowly, gradually. One one quick thing I would say very quickly. I know I've waffled on a bit about Inter, but very quickly. Jovino, when he played for Parma, and Jovino is having a really good season, actually, for those of us who remember Jovino from his Arsenal days, and he terrorised them. And I thought Moura or Sonny were going to do the same to, I can't remember, I think Moura, did he start? I think he did start or came on. I thought he was going to do the same to them in the, in the San Siro. But uh, Versaco, if he doesn't play, they've got D'Ambrosio, who's the other right back. And just before the international break, they got stuffed. 4-1 at Atalanta and Atalanta just run through them. They got in between the fullback and the uh, central defender just at, at will and could have been five or six up at, at half time and really if, if we can get Sonny or, or even Moura running at D'Ambrosio in between him and Miranda we, sh- we should have you know we should have immense success but you know you never know on the night do you but you know, we really got the tools to really hurt them, I think. But uh, they're a decent side. You know, let's not, let's not underestimate them. They're a decent side. Sorry, I waffled on. I, I said to myself, no, yeah, don't absolutely. waffle on about Inter. Whatever you do, don't waffle on about Inter. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, unless Aaron's got any knowledge on, on Italian football and, and Inter, and I certainly don't as much as I, I might have had in the past um, growing up watching Italian football on, on Channel 4 but that was a very very long, very long time ago when I was when I was just a teenager in the, in, back in the 90s so um, I think it was good that we had a, um, an insightful um, lowdown on, on, on the opposition. Um, Aaron very briefly because we've got a lot of questions that I want to get through um, in a word can we do it yes or no and it's okay to say no if you, if you have any reservations. No, I have no reservations. I think Vertonghen comes back in to the side. I think we've got uh, a little bit of a question mark about the fullback rotation that Potts likes to do, but I think I don't think I, there will be any. But we don't have a yeah. I don't. I guess not. Right? Trips. Trips is there's no chance. And nope. Rose is still injured. Uh, so Kyle Walker Peters possibly, um, but yeah, I think. I, I think we're on form. I think we I think we have too many threats right now. And with Vertonga coming back into the side, I, I just don't see us um, not winning. How's that for for? Uh, <laughs> Do you know for, what? A, a, few, <laughs> a, few, a few weeks ago, well, I was. Already, you don't need to go. Jack. So, we, so we, we, that's it. We've beaten Inter. We've beaten Arsenal. A few weeks ago, I was slightly nervous about this game, and I'm, st- I'm still apprehensive about our, our, our prospects of qualif- qualif- qualifying. Because even if we beat them, going to the new camp and getting a result will be difficult. But having played the way we played yesterday um, and and in previous games, I'm, I'm confident that at home at Wembley, um, with hopefully a good attendance and a good atmosphere, 
um, we can get a result. I, I yeah, Vertonghen will, will be back because I think Foyth is not eligible. He wasn't registered, and I think Vertonghen's experience will be good to have. And I expect Lamella to start as well, probably, um, since he, he was only on the bench yesterday. Right. Um, let's just get through these questions as quickly as possible. Um, I will try to do them justice nonetheless and, and without going through them too quickly. Um, so, uh, firstly, one from our own um, Bex. Um, she said, Sari appeared to be smoking pitch side. Why is that permitted? Now, correct, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, he, he, he's got the... Is he, is he chewing on the cigarette? He's got it back to front in his mouth and he's just chewing on it? He, he tears the filter off of the cigarette. Mm-hmm. And then he chews on the filter. And if that doesn't make him a perfect villain in like the Roman Abramovich like play, I don't know what it is. It is a disgusting, disgusting <laughs> display. I, at some point, the TV camera had it as he's taking, he's opening up the pack and ripping it off and just chewing it as though it is a piece of chewing gum. Having smoked cigarettes for a long time in my life, I can't tell you how disgusting I find that. I'd rather he smoked a cigarette than he chewing on, on, on the filter, to be honest. And presumably he's just doing it because he can't smoke and because he's nervous. Yeah, apparently he's a chain apparently he's a chain smoker. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm sure that's uh, I'm sure that's why. Yeah, just Going sort of slightly off tangent, years and years ago, the great Johan Cruyff, um, when he was manager of Barcelona, and he used to he used to be a chain smoker even back when he was a player, and then I, he had a um, had a cancer scare. I can't remember, did, did he did he die of cancer as well in the end? Yes, he did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but he had he had a health scare, so he stopped smoking, and what he replaced that with was. Um, a lollipop, so he'd have the lollipop in his mouth, and all the game. That's what we'd have. <laughs> replacing replacing the, the cigarette. Um, Dave Phipps, um, what's your view on people giving up their tickets, especially for a game against Chelsea? Right, um, I'm going to shoot my mouth off on this one because I feel very strongly about this. So please feel free to stop me ranting because I will. Um, but I'll, I'll, I'll try to keep it concise as possible. Um, so I, I've got look. People attending games, you know, the, the the frequency to which somebody is able to attend a game, it doesn't make them. I've said it before. It doesn't make them any more, any less, of, less a fan. You just because you happen to go to every game, or you you don't go to any games, or, or it's once in a blue moon. There are a multitude of reasons why people um, don't go or don't go. Um, as much as other people, you know, whether that's finances, whether that's um, location, where, um, whether that's they've got other commitments, family, etc. Um, so I, I certainly don't judge. I never have done people on on the basis of um, how often they can attend. Um, but the people who otherwise are able to go to games, um, particularly home games at Wembley. Um, they're in a position to go. They're in a privileged position. They they don't live miles away. They're not like yourselves. One of you lives in the states. Other one in in Italy. Um, you know they are. These are people who who live in London or in and around London. So that they don't have the geographical constraints. Um, they if they're able to go um, that frequently 
as well and are, and are season ticket holders then presumably they don't have the financial constraints etc etc they might occasionally have um, life getting in the way they might have situ- situations that come up where they can't get to games um, because they've got family commitments and that's absolutely fine and and, and you, you make that call um, and that, that I'm, I'm totally fine with that but I think it's astonishing when you otherwise are able to go as frequently as you can where you are in that privileged position and you give up the opportunity on the basis as far as I can see that people are just pissed off frustrated with the fact that we're still playing at Wembley with the fact that the new stadium still isn't ready and that we have no idea when it's going to be ready and the fact that the club have handled things perhaps not in the best way and and, and led fans up the garden path um, I, I completely understand those frustrations, but I don't think it's. Um, I think it's an abuse of their position when they can otherwise go that they just give up the opportunity to go. Particularly a big game like this, there were so many tickets flo- floating around before the match. When weeks, week before the game, days before the game, day of the match, people on social media saying they've got they've got one ticket, two tickets, three tickets. So many people. And Sorry, Jeff. Do you mean people are just not going, or they're selling their tickets? Somewhere they're not else? going. Well, they're, they're selling it on. They're selling it on. Okay. Now, the, the, now the flip side of that is okay. If they sell it on, then somebody else will, who might not otherwise be able to go, or might not be a season ticket holder, suddenly will acquire t- a, a ticket and will be able to, to go. So, it, I suppose there is a positive side to that. But I think it's a great shame that people who could otherwise go don't go for whatever reason because they're, they're you know that. They just don't want to go to Wembley, and um, more for them because yesterday they missed a fantastic well, yeah. o- 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 treat. O- o- yesterday, yeah. Um, I thought that I thought that we had a a, um, a ceiling on attendances from now on in. So I thought it was fifty six thousand yesterday. Mm-hmm. Nearly. Is there not a ceiling now where Brent Council don't allow? I think there's a ceiling of about sixty thousand or something like that. So right, okay. it, you know, fifty odd thousand is still. You know, compared to White Hart Lane, it's, it's yeah. still a uh, uh, healthy number of people attending. Um, there's still a few thousand short of what it could have been. Mm. And don't forget that some of those people, some of those people who were there, were benefiting from these people who I think Dave reversed in his question, giving up their tickets, selling their tickets on. And I think it's those people that I just I find it astonishing that that they're they've got this general apathy or and feel that i suppose that it, it's up to them what, what they do it's, it's their prerogative but i think it's um it's a great shame particularly days like yesterday and when when i consider the people who would like to be there who don't necessarily get that chance because of you know whatever it might be or what ge- geographical constraints as i said earlier and they miss out that they, they they would otherwise love to be there but they, but they can't um and the people who can be there She's not to. I think that's a great shame. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to, because I'm not in a position to go, so I'm not, you know, I'm not getting involved in, in, in my, I don't really have a particular view on that because, you know, I'm not able to go and people can do what they want. But I would have thought that at least against Chelsea, it would, uh, you know, the team needs to support, doesn't it? Uh, you know, but I'm not going to, I'm not really in a position to, to say very much as I live so far away. I mean, it's just a different, completely different world from when, you know, the, oh gosh, it's getting on since 2003. It's a long time since I've been, been, been to a game. But you know, it's a very different, different world now. Mm. I'll say that um, anyone that has a ticket 
that doesn't want their ticket and would like to give it to me, I'm happy to take it <laughs> at, at any time. And I will fly my ass across the ocean to see the game. Um, we can have problems, though, aren't we? In the in the because we've got who have we got some less than salubrious opposition in the next few weeks. Yeah. So that might. Yeah. That's yeah. that is going to be a problem. I mean, into the into game aside, and then you've got, with all due respect to to these teams, Southampton middle of the week, fifth uh, of December. Then you've got Burnley Saturday the fifteenth. Then you've got. Uh, Bournemouth on Boxing Day on the 26th. Now, traditionally, that's a game, Boxing Day matches in, in this country, people like to attend. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what the attendance will be there on that on, on, on that for that occasion. And then you've got Wolves, Wolverhampton Wanderers on Saturday the 29th. Um, and yeah, you know, if we struggled against Chelsea in terms of attendance, and a few weeks ago when we played Man Man City, we struggled in terms of the atmosphere, which I thought was really, really dead on that occasion. Then I don't know what it's going to be like against these lesser teams. But but the reality is, um, you know, until such times, we we are playing at Wembley. Um, I don't I don't like it, um, but um, I you know if I, I I'll do what I can to to, to get behind. The, the, um, fully the, rewarded the, the, yesterday. Team, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. yeah, yeah, and you know, um, there are occasions where, um, you know, you watch Spurs and it can be, it can be a bit crap. You know, yesterday obviously wasn't one of them, but that's just part of the course. And I think part of the course of supporting the team is you, you, you go there and, and some of those. You know, yesterday could have been complete, completely different. We could have lost the game, and it would have been a disappointing day. But we don't. None of us are blessed with a crystal ball. You know, you you go there to get behind the team to support the support the team. And um, it was fortunate that yesterday um, those who did attend um, were were re- rewarded with with a, with a great performance. And as for people who didn't, well, I suppose more for them. Um, Right, uh, let's just finish off with a few more. A um, couple of questions on Foyth. I know we, we discussed him briefly earlier. Uh, firstly, uh, Lee Marston, his Twitter handle is at Lee Marston81. How good is Foyth? I was worried before the game. And then Sam Moore. Foyth was excellent again today. How long will it be before he nails down a place in the first first team, given that Jan is due to return imminently? Yeah, Foy, Foy was great. Uh, I I was not worried about him at the outset of the game. Um, I I just feel like we have enough. We protect our 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 players now in a way that I'm I just not concerned. If there's an if there's a mistake that in him, there's a mistake in him. But I feel like at this point, the the players around him are solid enough. And I'm not, you know, I I look at a guy like Aurier, and um, unlike the two of you, I think that there's a lot of upside there. And I think I think he's. He's not been great, but he's also um, at times been better than Trippier for me. And I, so I, I was not concerned, but I don't think – I think when Yang comes back, I don't think Foyth will have uh, a place in the first team, certainly not this season. I think I think this is his chance to show his, show his ability and show how good he is and show where his upside lies. And then I think um, as the guys ahead of him start to um, – Start to move on, then, then, then he'll find his place. Don't forget that he's behind Sanchez as well in the in the order, right? So, and I don't, I don't think as good as he as he's been. I don't think he's been better than Sanchez. 
Uh, on Ori, I think I would definitely play Ori over Trippier at the moment, and he is, you know, he, I think he's been playing well, Ori, since he's come into the side. I mean, last year I would have, you know, I would have done, as I said on the on the, on the other pod I was on, I would have done what we've done with Janssen, Janssen to him in, in the summer, but, you know, fair credit to him. On fourth, we've now got four really good central defenders, two experienced ones, two very young, upcoming, highly promising players. Uh, players i think we're incredibly well stocked there i think at the moment i think if van comes um yan comes in in this fit then yan and vertongan uh yan and uh Adverald would be my my pair um if you're only going to play <coughs> two at the back and i think fourth i think you said it last time i was on jav where you know look at in the last few weeks if he hadn't had those last few weeks because this was a guy we were considering or from the reports in the newspaper we were considering sending on, on loan to leeds yeah elsa wanted and now you've got someone there who, if he's needed, is ready to come in, has got that experience. I don't think it's a bad thing that as a young player, you'll play a few games, come out for a bit, come in when needed. There'll be cup games, might even be Europa League games, who knows. And, and as Aaron says, we've still got Davison, lest we forget, you know, who's a tremendous player. You know, so, um, yeah, I'd, I think it might be a while before he nails down the place in the first team. I don't expect it to be... Uh, this season, but if Jan or Toby get injured or lose form, we're we're in an incredibly good position. It is worth noting, though, that we have four good center backs, but three of them play on the right side, and we don't have, you know, we've we we don't have great coverage for for Jan when he's been gone. We've seen Toby play kind of uncomfortably on the left side of the pairing, um, and it's not been. I don't think it's you know we, he's sort of cut out his his pinpoint long balls until actually until yesterday where they started to come back but i don't think he's as comfortable and we've we've had center backs play out of position in yan's absence we basically have a depth chart of three on the on the right hand side and i think even four if you include dyer in that um and we don't we don't have a natural uh left-footed Center back to cover. No, that, that's a good, the good, good point. The last time that we did was um, dear old Kevin Vimmer, who, yeah. who who did a good job initially when he came in for for Jan when Jan was injured in 2015-16, uh, sort of January to March or April. Um, Vimmer wasn't, I suppose, as mobile as some of these other defenders, and certainly not as good as them. But he he, he was naturally left left footed, and I, and you're right that, that that is a slight concern. The only other player who could play there in Jan's absence and has played there. Particularly for his national team, I think, yeah. albeit in a free, it's Ben Davis. <clears throat> but he has not I, looked great yeah. when he's when he's had to cover it in in the few no, times he's covered no. for us. No, I, I think, think he. he sorry, go on, Jeff. Don't I, yeah, I think he was in a friendly against was it Girona back in August, the last preseason friendly yeah. we played, and he I think he played as a centre back, and he wasn't great there. I was just going to say, it is a good point. Of course, you need that balance. Though, you know, some Maguire is a is a right-sided player who plays on the left. Ledley King was a right-sided mm. player who played mm. on the left. But I do agree that Toby, that his passing hasn't gone. I think he is looking a bit more comfortable the more he plays there. But I think from my point of view, given we haven't signed anyone and how worrying every, everyone was a few weeks ago, you know, because Foyth hadn't, hadn't emerged... That you know, I'm I'm much more comfortable and happier than than I was a few weeks ago. Of course, you know, maybe we need to buy uh, a replacement for Jan, a left-sided um, defender at some stage. But you know, I think that might be for next season, to be honest. Yep. Um, okay, so a few, few questions, but uh, continuing the 
Sissoko love fest. So, firstly, Kent Goodrich, who is that? No, who is who is that? Who who is that in the seventeen shirts? And what did he do with Sissoko? Um, Ali Hassan, everywhere you go, do you now always take Sissoko? Sissoko even with you brackets as well as Lamella, of course. And then John Steggles. Now, John, dear old John, when we when um, he first appeared on the podcast um, two two years ago, with just shortly after we had signed Sissoko, and it's fair to say John isn't his biggest fan um he's fairly consistent in that so john says i've always been a massive fan of sissoko spotting his, <laughs> spotting his talent when he first joined okay I, I wrote him off happy to admit that mistake a monster of a performance that left chelsea midfield in utter ruins did we underpay for him um i think that much my thoughts very briefly on, on sissoko i think that we didn't underpay for him i think we, we played the market value at the time i think 30 million was what he was worth at the, at the time on the on the back of um, uh, the, the successful Euros that he had at, at that time. Um, today, if we signed a player on the back of a successful Euros in today's market value, it would probably be a lot more. Um, second thing I like to say about Sissoko is I have consistently on the pod over the last couple of seasons when it's when we've discussed him in the past um, when he's done okay or had the okay, the the odd okay game i've always said well you know um, let's get behind him he plays for us etc etc but if he leaves in the summer i won't be too fussed i'm starting to think that i'd actually quite like him to stay and come the next transfer window i don't mean the january one but, but the summer one unless a club comes in and offers stupid money for him or unless there is a player that we sign that is better than him and I'm sure there are lots of midfield players out there that, that are of better quality um, unless we acquire one and then he surplus requirements I'm, I'm, I'm fine again in that scenario but otherwise if not I'm, I'm happy for him to stay there I'm, I'm uh, I quite enjoy watching him play I think he's a vital part of the squad yeah I think what you, the last thing you said nails it for me I think there's no one in the squad right now that that is doing what he does. Dembele is dead. He can't do it anymore. And if he was at full fitness and able able to carry the ball in the same way and able to to link the defense with the, with the with the attack, maybe. But he just can't. And as a result, uh, Sissoko is. This is crazy, but he's absolutely vital to our team's success. Um, when when Winks comes on the, the the we just don't we're not we don't have that same link up in the same intensity there's no one else that's doing it and um that's either a sign of great weakness in that one area or it's a sign of incredible improvement and, and my gut is that this is just this is improvement this is the pochettino effect uh it took a little bit longer for him but he is now found his role on the on in the team and the, he's absolutely essential i i think he's first choice he's first becoming one of the first on on the on the on the team sheet um at least in the current injury situation if dembele recovers and comes back and is finds his form of 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 last year you know all bets are off but hello I, I at this point, we have to find somebody in January. Oh, all right, sorry, I didn't, I didn't realize you were still speaking. I've lost oh. sound. Oh no, I, we, I think we both, both lost, lost, lost you there for a minute, Aaron. Oh, 
Sorry. I don't know what you Sorry. left me, but it probably okay. wasn't important. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll, I'll be creative in my editing later on. Or maybe I won't. <laughs> maybe, I'll, maybe I'll just leave this segment in. Um, I was a fan, just very quickly. I was a fan, not a massive fan, but because, and I, I remember Jav, and not to suck up to you, but I listened to a lot of podcasts, and you, about three or four weeks ago, were the, uh, the only one I've ever heard say that when Sissoko used to play for Newcastle against us, he used to run through us and played really well against us. You know, and I, so I was pleased when he came. I rapidly went off him, I have to be honest, and really wanted him to leave. But I think, given that we're a club that's not going to spend loads of money and buy lots of players, it seems, in the short term, the fact that he doesn't seem to get injured very much and that he's playing really well, I think we'd be absolutely mad to get rid of him in the next, uh, in the short term. I think also what he brings in is, look, he's there for his f- footballing ability. I, I, I'm tr- keeping a straight face trying to say that. He's there, you know, he's there for, 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 his, for, for what he brings to the team, but also what he gives us that any new player wouldn't give you straight away. Some will, um, but he's, he's already integrated. He's already part of the... You know the squad. He's he's happy. He's got um, you know he he's he's got his mate Uria there. Um, he's you know one of the one of the um, one of the team. There's, there's a whole camaraderie. Um, and if you bring somebody else in new, um, who's the player that we've been linked with? Is it I can't pronounce his name. Num no no Dembele or something like that. Num yeah Undembele. Undembele. Yeah. Undembele. So. For example, if we signed him, right, he might come in, and technically he might be a fantastic footballer, way better than Sissoko, but it might take him a while to settle in, if if, if he settles in at all. And Sissoko's already there, you know, he's happy, and he's, he's got the right attitude, and he works for the team, really works hard. So, um, yeah, he's a vital cog. Um, okay, two two questions, but but before, before, um, before I read the two questions. So, originally we had... Um, Originally, uh, part of the pod lineup, Greg Taylor um, from Brazil was, was, was going to join us, and it was going to be first time um, this season that he was going to be on the pod. Um, but unfortunately, due to technical difficulties, um, he couldn't join us. But he has sent me a message, um, and it, g- it goes back to the game yesterday. But I, I thought it w- worth reading because it's something that occurred to me, but I completely forgotten. So he said, um, "Did we notice that?" Uh, yesterday we hardly played it out of the back. Um, he thinks Poch's strategy was to keep them in their own half as much as possible. Very few backward passes too work like a dream. Um, and then he goes on to say that he gets fed up with all the passing around right in front of our goal. Um, so I, there were a few occasions where Lloris would clearly deliberately kick it to the right-hand side to find Uria, and it seemed we were trying to exploit... Um, their left-hand side and get the ball to, to Uria, which was definitely a departure from the way we normally play. Um, as for the whole playing out of the back, I mm-hmm. I think it's teams are doing it, and I think it's, it's the way we tend to play, and I think it's good. Um, I think we should, well, I've always said before, I think we should just mix mix it up from time to time. Yeah, I didn't see it that way. I I, I didn't see it the way Greg saw it. I, I should say, I we I, when it was appropriate, we played out from the back. When it wasn't, we we didn't. Mm. Um, and I think that's 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 the right. Um, I think that's the right way of playing. We played the high press as well, though, and and we looked to get behind Louise and exploit Louise and Rudiger as as much as we could, and and we did. Um, but I think 
you know, I, I, I think it's, it was a mix, right? It's a mix of possession play and a mix of counterattacking. And when we were counterattacking, we looked extraordinarily dangerous. And we, when we were playing possession ball, we also looked very dangerous. I think, I think finding the finding the the opportunities to do both within the course of a game, especially against a side like Chelsea, is probably the right is probably the right strategy. We haven't always mixed it up, and I, and no. yesterday it just showed that you know it can work really really well. I, I I think you should always you know you play it on its merits, don't you? If so, if it if they've closed you down, your fullbacks or your central midfielder, it's too much of you know it's for me it's too much of a risk to to try and play that way. I know he wants to play that way. So um, yeah, I was all for it. I didn't really know. I'll be honest with you, though. I didn't really notice while watching the match whether mm. we changed or not. Um, okay, final two questions. Zoe Pearson, firstly, but um, uh, Gilly, you briefly touched upon this earlier. Um, she said, "Does the difficulty in singling out, out one man of the match indicate why this was our best performance of the season so far? And do you think we'll see the best of Sonny now he's taken the pressure of himself to perform? Who wants to go first? Yeah, I think I think um, I think that on the sunny point, I, that's I, I feel like I, I I said that on the pod a, a few weeks ago that it felt like he was sort of playing, uh, he was trying to prove himself or almost you know he he kept saying in the press I want to say I want to give thanks to the Tottenham supporters who let me go off and and I want to give back to the club and it seemed like he was sort of trying too hard. Of course, that's just my own imposing that narrative on his on his play. Uh, but it certainly did, did seem like he was playing a little bit more naturally, and getting that goal, breaking that duck is going to certainly feel good. Um, and uh, yeah, I think I think as to the first part of the question, I think absolutely this is it was certainly one of the most enjoyable performances of the season. Um, and I think in part, as we said earlier, I think it's just when when we are playing as a team and when we are just playing with joy the way we played and running behind and finding those beautiful passes and interchanging fluidly. I, I don't think there's a team... I know there's just not a team that I'd rather be watching ever, but in, in particularly in those moments. Um, and and that's feels like that's been the, a hallmark of the Poch era, is when we play as a team, we are, un, we are unbeatable. Absolutely. Um... I think for me, I, I'm sorry about that. For re- I didn't see it on the um, running list. I'd, I'd I'd read it on Zoe's Twitter feed. So I hope I haven't by bringing up a question very early. Nah, on. it's fine. <laughs> I, 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 mean, I think Sonny's always been a bit. I wouldn't say streaky, but he's had periods since he's joined us. He's had periods where he's just been almost unplayable, and then he has a few a few games where he's he's less good, you know. But we've had the he's had you know obviously a really full summer and 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 since. Yeah, I don't know if he has taken the pressure off himself to perform. I, I mean, only he'll know that. But um, you know, I, I think we'll. Yeah, I think we're about to see a, a, a purple patch for him. Okay, final question. Um, Ali Hassan, his Twitter handle is at only Spurs. He says, "Wouldn't it be the biggest footballing tra- tragedy ever if a manager as brilliant as Poch, with a team as good as Spurs, didn't win some kind of trophy?" Of course, I'm. Sp- Speaking about Poch and Spurs, surely this season, with correct backing in January, has to be the first time. Well, I, I mean, it's changed football, hasn't it? Now, what sort of trophy would would we really be if we won the League Cup? This side, if all Poch team wins is the League Cup or an FA Cup, 
it's not going to mean what it meant when Birkinshaw won two FA Cups and the UEFA Cup. I mean, I think that team underachieved and, and should have won, won more. So I don't know if it'd be a tragedy. I, I mean, I, I've always been a cup man. You know, I, I'm, I'm in my early 50s. I remember when the FA Cup was everything. You know, it was almost as much as the league in terms of prestige and, and glory. You know, I've been lucky enough to be, you know, at the 87 and 91 final, and there's nothing like seeing your team come out at a cup final. You know, at Wembley, I suppose we're probably a bit more jaded at Wembley than than we were in the in the day. So I don't I don't know if it would be the same. Personally, I've all and even up until a couple of years ago, I've always said I just want to win a cup because that's what I grew up with. That's what was important within an FA Cup. You know, Spur, that's Perkinshaw side should have won the league, was good enough to win the league. It didn't. You know, we've only ever won two. Um, and I think it's it's just changed. I don't like to give him the credit. You know, I mean, I am a bit of a fan of Wenger, early Wenger. But I think he's right now in terms of how it's seen as a good side. I think getting into the top four is seen as a inverted commas, trophy. You know, that is the mark of, of, a, of how good a side you are, especially in a league as competitive as ours, which with teams, big teams, really outspending us all the time. You know, I, so I don't think if we keep getting in the Champions League... If we don't win a cup, but we're consistently in the Champions League, consistently going for for the league, I don't know. Maybe that's better than winning one league or FA Cup in terms of how you're seen. But me personally, I'd like to see us win the FA Cup, Europa League, League Cup, whatever. You know, I don't know if that makes much sense. It's, I'm very confused about it because it goes against the whole most of my football support in life. You know that now. Because if we're not in the Champions League and we win the League Cup, people forget when we won the FA Cup in 81, we came, I think we came 9th or 10th. When we won the UEFA Cup in 84, we came 8th or 8th, mm. I think it was in the league. We had a lot of injuries that season. 80-81, you know, it was just, you know, we were brilliant on our day, but we, you know, we were a little bit flaky at times and we lost stupid games at home to Leicester 2-1, home to Norwich 2-3-2. Stupid, stupid games. We were a better side than a 10th or, or 8th. But people forget but, that. People forget that that mm. we finished. We, we wouldn't accept that now, would we? I don't know. No. Is a fan base accept that now? I, I don't know. You better off saying, "Jab, but, you're going." Before, before, before I bring Aaron, Aaron into it, I think that the football landscape has changed since then, back then, and I think the harsh reality is whether we like it or not that you have to be in the Champions League. You have to. You've got to be somewhere in the top four consistently there's no point doing it once like we did under Harry but then failing to do it the next season and you've got to be there consistently over a long period of time um, because that's the only way that you're going to attract good players now I know somebody might be flippant and might say well we have we don't we haven't bought anybody recently we haven't you know etc but we've we've managed to retain a lot of the players so I think if we'd you know you go back a few years ago we lost the likes of Modric and Bale. It's, it's possible they might have gone gone anyway at some point. I'm sure they would have. But I think I do genuinely think if we had qualified for the Champions League on a more consistent basis back then under Redknapp and then AVB, I think we would have we would, we would have got a year or two extra out of those players, and things could have been different. So I think the football landscape has changed, and without wanting to put and correct me if I'm wrong words in your mouth or whatever I, th- I think actually you what you've presented there is a very balanced view you're, you're sort of reconciling that reality of now with also you know the past and, and when you grow up and 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 what it meant to to win a win a cup if that's 
yeah, if that's yeah. a fair, fair statement. Where, where unfortunately I meet too many fans that are just, oh, we got to win a trophy. No, uh, we'll, we'll be happy to finish fifth or sixth or whatever, but win a trophy. Uh, piece of tin for me, trophy, etc., etc. Um, yeah, that might have been fine back in back in the 80s or 70s when you finished eighth from the table or, or whatever, because then there wasn't a Champions League. There was just a European Cup, and that was only the the team that won the league that would would qualify for that in terms of it was lucrative to win it but it wasn't necessarily financially lucrative as the champions league is is today and if you if you finish eighth or tenth or whatever but won a an fa cup or a league cup you'd end up in the uefa cup or or, or the cup winners cup so it, it didn't really have such a bearing whereas now you have to you've got to be in the champions league to attract top players and, and to to uh, retain those top players. So I, I think the football landscape has changed, and I think personally, as much as I'd like us to win a trophy, and I hope we do, because it, it would be a great shame if if this manager and, and moreover these group of players, um, because you know the manager might be here for hopefully another five, ten years. Who knows? I really hope he is. But the players will will, will get old, and, and if he is here for that long, he'll have to rebuild and. And, and bring in new players and, and build a new team. So it'd be a great shame if these players don't achieve. They've made tremendous achievements in terms of qualif- qualifying uh, for the Champions League and, and playing some <coughs> fantastic, f- f- fantastic football. But they haven't. We haven't yet won any trophies, whether that's a League Cup, FA Cup, League title, etc. So it would be a great shame if they if 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 it ended, if that period ended, and we didn't have any trophies. That said. You look at the last person who won a trophy for us, Juan de Ramos. Mm. He won a trophy, but and before that, George Graham. But those teams didn't push on. Um, often, if you win a trophy with Mourinho, with Pellegrini, uh, with Pep, they often win the late League Cup and then they go on and win a league title. And, it, and it, 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 it's, it's it's getting that first trophy. It can create a winning mentality. And I don't, I don't doubt that's true if, if we do that here. But going back to the Ramos team and the George Graham team, team they won trophies, but you know given the choice would you would you want that and they're not seen as good sides are they that's true that that's no that's a fair point that's a fair point but i but i think it's what this this side has given us is entertainment and and the feeling that week in week out they can be anybody um which we which we've never had before as first fans so i'm i'm happy with the status quo i want a trophy like the next person um but I, that shouldn't come at, at the expense of um, finishing outside of the top four. I think we need we need to continue that charge, maintain consistent league performances, finishing wherever it may be fourth, third, second. Dare I say it first, and and win win trophies. And if we continue the way way we are, eventually, hopefully, it should it should yield some some cups, Aaron. Sorry, I've waffled for a bit. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think um, I think like I'm in agreement with both of you, but I think I, the the main place where I would just make some some different points though is that um, winning a trophy is largely down to luck, right? It's the luck of the draw in your run up to the to the final. If you make it to the final, yes, sure, you have to win the games, but. If you have an easy draw, you have an easy draw. Maybe it allows you to rest players and have a different kind of rotation so that you can pro- continue progressing in the league or in the other competitions that you're in. But for the most part, it comes down to a game. And at this level, 
in the final with everything um, to play for, it's slightly like a slightly more than a, a coin flip, right? We've seen plenty of teams that have not gone on to do anything win trophies, and so pegging it all to the idea that success for Pochettino, success for this team, is is about winning silverware. I think is is slightly wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. I would love us to win, and I think you're right, Jeff. I think we will eventually win if we if we do what I think is the measure of success, which is if we back the manager. Uh, and it, and so far, we don't know what happened this summer. No one really knows. Um, Pochettino's statements have are perfectly uh, cryptic in the Pochettino best pochettino way where he says you have to be brave and either that means you have to splash the cash or you have to you know stick with the team that we have we don't know really what went on there's plenty of speculation we don't know what will happen in january if we don't buy anyone in january we won't know whose wishes that was but we will know As 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 peop, as he gets if, if Pochettino starts to get frustrated if players stop signing contracts, Jab, you said we need to be in the Champions League. We need to be in the Champions League because we don't we have our wage structure and we don't pay our players. Other teams don't have that problem, right? They their other clubs can 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 afford to pl- to pay lavish uh, weekly salaries to their players and the, with the promise that you know we're we're building and we'll we'll eventually win something or we'll get to a, a place. We, we don't have that luxury, and as a result, we have to finish fourth, and we have to progress in um, and challenge for the league to keep these players interested because they're, they could make more money elsewhere. We've seen it mm. a, a bunch of times. Um, Champions League will give us a little bit of extra wiggle room financially, but it also gives us a little bit of the prestige. Um, but I think, I, think it's, yeah, I think it's about... Progressing, I think it's about continuously being in the conversation to challenge. I think as long as this this team is considered an underdog, which it which we manage to still fly under the radar, I think these players get a bit of ownership over their progress. And players like Ali and 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 Kane can feel like they are driving this ship um, towards something. At this point, we're still feels like we're still punching above our weight. The minute it stops feeling like that for these players, I think we're going to have problems. And I think we're going to have to either at that point have something in this in the in the trophy cabinet to show them or I think we're going to have to be able to pay our these players a lot more than we pay them now. The the notion of having a project will only go so far, right? So we have to back the players, we have to back Poch and as a, as a as a as a team, and I think the the wins will come. I think we have progressed, and I think it will be a terrible shame if this team doesn't win the league. I think it's not just about a trophy. I think it's about winning the league, and um, I think we can. Um, whether it's this season um, or next, I don't think we've missed our chance. And I think I think it's it it's there's a that's where our our our, our targets should lie. I completely agree, agree with you. Um, I think the problem we've got is that Man, this Man City team last yep. season and this season are on a different planet, and it will take some something special <coughs> to finish above them. If we finish above them, I think we will, we will win the win the league. Period. I can't. I I think we're better than Liverpool. I think we're better than Chelsea. Uh, um, sorry, I know we're better than Chelsea. I know we're better than United. I know we're better than Arsenal. I I, I can't see us finishing any lower than third this season. 
that's that's worst case scenario. I, I genuinely think we'll finish above Liverpool. Um, whether we can finish above um, Man City, I don't know. I don't know. It, it will take quite something, but 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 we should certainly be aiming for that, which we are under Pochettino. Um, are we? Is is a chairman backing the manager in terms of signings? Is he backing the the ambition? I don't know. We 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 shall find out come January. Um, oh, we but, think we'll find out, right? We won't. We'll never really know. Well, well, the window. Well, well, the window will come and go, and we'll either get somebody in or or, or we or we won't. To our, um, Ali Hassan's end of his question was um, about the correct backing in in January. Right. I would say. It's not just about the correct backing; it's about the correct signing. So um, we can Levy can say, right, here you are. Here's a hundred million. Um, but if we're not able to identify those targets, or those targets have, I'm sure have already been identified, are not available because of a number of reasons. Because the said player becomes, or players become injured, suddenly pick up an injury, or because suddenly their club is reluctant to sell them, or whatever it might be. Um, then it's not going to happen. So, um, and it ha- but it has to be the right player. There's no point bringing somebody in just to appease fans. Um, so it, it, it's it's about the correct backing, but it's also about getting the correct signing in. Um, and if if we can get that that player in, um, it will certainly leave us better placed to challenge. I still think we've got a very good a, a, a squad that's, that's that's very strong and and capable of, of, of winning stuff. And also, I think by the same token, it doesn't always necessarily follow that you can just buy a player or players and they're suddenly going to be the person that unlocks a door to to that tro- trophy. Occasionally in football, it happens. Years and years ago, when United signed Eric Cantona, he was he was a catalyst who who got them that first league title. Um, so it does happen, but it's not. It's not always necessarily guaranteed, so um, we'll, we'll, we will see. I, I I'm confident that, that, that we can win something this season. I, I I am too. I think we will. We I'm also. I agree with both of you. We look very likely to to win something in the next year or two. I have seen some articles in the British press recently saying, you know, who are evaluating Potch's um, achievement. You know, as a pound by pound one, rather than just you know, because we've been unlucky. You know, Chelsea came along with Abramovich. If that hadn't have happened, we'd have been in the Champions League earlier. And if Man City hadn't come along now, I think we'd mm. be, you know, we'd be seen as much, um, much stronger contenders for the title. You know, and they're they're completely, you know, cash drugged uh, clubs. But uh, you know, if we do fin- if we do win the next three League Cups and finish seventh or eighth, then you know, Poch probably be out of a job or will have gone anyway. So. Uh, I think yeah. the Champions League and top four, four, 38 games. How we do, how well we play in the Champions League as well. That's what the barometer of um, of how sides these days. I think in the next 10, 20 years, will be judged not on whether they've won the League Cup or an FA Cup. Absolutely. I just want to say for, for the FA Cup, for the FA Cup in the last six finals, the, 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 there have been Wigan, Hull. Villa and Palace were all in the in, in the finals in the past six years. If that's not a fucking shot in the dark, flip a coin, you know, string of luck gets you into the final, I don't know what is. So mm. pegging it all to that, pegging our success to that is is 
to peg it all to a, a, a lot of frustration, I think. Yeah. Well, just Wigan, they won a trophy. They won the FA Cup. And they in got 2013. regulated. Uh, uh, they got, exactly. Yeah. 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 Champions League in 2005. Chelsea won the Champions League in 2012. We are much better than both of those teams yeah. of, the, of, that, of yeah. those years. You know, that's, the Champions League is fantastic, but they're also an element of knockout and you know, on the day, et cetera, et cetera. We had no business going as far as we went under Harry, but we did. And that was f- mm. wonderful. It and was. we enjoyed it. It was. No, I, 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 I agree. The, 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 whether we like it or not, the, the barometer of, of success today is being consistent in, in the league and uh, uh, um, aspiring to, to win league titles and, and, and do, well, do well in the Champions, Champions League. Renew yeah, Ericsson's contract. I'll be happy. <laughs> that would be good. That would be good. That would be good. Right. Um, the next podcast will be recorded today, um, uh, a week today, um, Sunday Sunday evening, um, probably a few hours after. Yeah, it will be, be recorded on the same day. So a few hours after the game against Woolwich is over. Um, until then, firstly, thank you, Aaron. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you, Gilly. Yeah, thank you very much, Jeff. And until next week, the future's bright, the future's lily white. Good night. Come on Tottenham, stick it in the goal Come on Tottenham, the base are bloody slow You are the first team, the last team my dreams have ever seen Put on that lily white and run on to that green White Hart Lane has seen its pain, it's had its load of nights We fought our team through thick and thin and all those boring nights And when the game is done we'll sing a song and talk it out all night Hey! Come on Tottenham, stick it in the goal Come on Tottenham, don't be so bloody slow You are the first team, the last team my dreams have ever seen Pull on that lily white and run on to that green Oh, we've seen them come, we've seen them go The name's up on our shirt Gods have failed as men are hailed and faces in the dirt Now gather round and sing it out and we'll talk out over her